Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the first Sunday of Advent. And at the same time, we begin a new liturgical year. Now, just like any New Year's, people sometimes take resolutions. Now, I don't know about you, but many of the resolutions that I've heard are always positive. People say things like, well, this year I want to exercise more. We never hear negative resolutions, like people saying, you know what, I think I want to gain 100 pounds this year. Or I want to be a little bit more meaner and nasty to the people or my co-workers. Well, resolutions are always positive, which are good, but they also should be realistic. Now, what I want to focus on is just that, in light of the story of Advent. Now, the readings are perfect just for that. The Gospel is taken from Luke. And during this entire liturgical year, we're going to be reading from Luke. And we're going to find out Luke is not only a great author, but he's a great theologian too. Now notice how the gospel starts. Jesus tells his apostles and his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on the earth, nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. From the very beginning of our church, people have read passages like this, or even like the book of Revelation, and they've interpreted them as literally the end of the world. These things will telegraph or be a sign that the world truly is coming to an end. Now, mind you, there is something important about this interpretation. The church does believe at Jesus' second coming, Jesus will usher out the old state of affairs, death itself, and usher in a new order of the world, which is our salvation and eternal life. But just stop and think. If these texts are only about the end of the world, then these readings are only significant for that specific generation that will encounter the end of the world. Also, remember, the New Testament was written in the first century, which was 2,000 years ago. Now, during this time span, generation after generation after generation, including our own, we haven't seen the end of the world. And so our church does teach these passages speak to every generation, including ours. And so what are we to make of this gospel passage? How are we to understand it? Especially as we begin Advent. You know, it seems like a pretty gloomy way to begin Advent through this gospel passage that we have today. Well, again, remember, the first arrival of Jesus when he was born into this world does indeed involve the breakdown of the old world. The old world that was governed by sin and death. 
And now Jesus ushers in a new world that is ordered and centered around him, such that everything, all of our values, all of our convictions, our beliefs, how our lives are ordered, all change because of Jesus Christ. Notice further, too, what Jesus says. The sun, the moon, and the stars will all be falling. Well, if you're living in the ancient world, in the first century, the time of Christ, you would use the sun, the moon, and the stars to navigate by land or by sea. The sun, the moon, the stars are what we call fixed points that you would use to navigate from one location to the next. For example, you would say, okay, you know, I know the sun rises in the east and it sets in the west, okay? And I see that star up there, and that's the northern star, so I know exactly where to go, northeast. Now remember, there also was no GPS during that time. There was no AAA with detailed maps. Now, if the sun, the moon, and the stars, the fixed points in which we navigate, if these are all falling, according to Jesus, falling to the ground, then the old way of navigating or steering has to change. Now apply this in our own day and age. It begs the question, what are the fixed points by which we navigate our lives? For some people, it's fame. For others, it's fortune or power, family or friends, or even career. Whatever fixed points, whatever they are, people guide their lives after them. They're constantly focused on those fixed points, such that their lives are lived after those values. I'll give you a great example. A person that is completely consumed with their career, they will do anything to climb the corporate ladder, even to the extent of sacrificing family and friends and relationships. Their fixed points are on that career and nothing else in their life. Well, as we begin Advent, I think a good and challenging question is what are the fixed points by which we navigate or steer our lives? Maybe it's politics. Maybe family or friends. Maybe it's patriotism. Now, don't get me wrong. All these things are good in of themselves. But the key is when Jesus comes into our life, everything has to change. Those previously fixed points by which we steered and navigate our life now must be secondary to Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes into our life, he is that star, the moon, and the sun. He is that one fixed point by which we steer and navigate our life. Following him is what really matters. Everything else, whether it's family, friends, our career, patriotism, they find their place in relationship to Christ. See, once we understand that principle, then we understand the significance of Christ in our life. Now, for some people, wealth and materialism may be the very things, the fixed points by which they steer their lives. Their whole lives are geared towards attaining those things. Well, remember what Jesus said to the young man. Go and sell all that you have. And come and follow me. For some people, honor and success are the fixed points in which they navigate their lives. Remember what Jesus told his apostles. He who humbles himself will be exalted. For some people, fame 
and notoriety are the fixed points that navigate their lives. They always need to be seen and heard and appreciated. Remember what Jesus taught us in the Beatitudes. Blessed are you when they utter every evil against you because of me. Another great example of this, look at St. Paul. After he encounters Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, his whole life changed forever, including his fixed points. Before his conversion, Paul was a zealous Pharisee. He dedicated his whole life to Judaism, the law and the commandments. And yet, when Jesus entered his life, Paul looked back at his past life and he said, I consider this all rubbish. Paul's admitting that before Jesus, the fixed stars in his life that were navigating him were defending Judaism, even to the extent of persecuting our church, torturing and even killing Christians for practicing their faith. Once Jesus enters into Paul's life, all those fixed points fell. Now, I'm not saying that these things by which Paul steered his life were bad. They're all good, religion, the law, the commandments. And yet all of them must revolve around something more permanent, which is Jesus himself. So, give everything to Christ. And in doing so, everything in our life will be orientated to that one fixed point, which is Christ. See, I think this is a whole new way of seeing Advent. It's a season in which we take a deep look into our life. We ask that hard question, what are the fixed points to which we navigate and steer our lives, especially now as we approach Christmas? Allow Jesus to continue to enter into your life, in prayer, at Mass, in the lifestyle of stewardship. See how those fixed points that we have in our life, they don't compete with Christ. Instead, they come into harmony with Jesus, that Jesus is the one true star by which we steer our life. And so Advent is about preparing for Jesus to continue to come into our lives. In some ways, we're preparing for the invasion of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we must ready ourselves for a kind of apocalypse or revolution within ourselves. See, now we begin to see why these stories about the end of the world are relevant to us in our generation. What Jesus is getting at here is not the world in which we live in. Instead, it's our own personal world in which we have in relationship to Jesus Christ. Our personal world has been upended for the positive, for the better, because Jesus has come into our life. That's what he's getting at. Notice at the very end of the gospel, Jesus tells us, be vigilant at all times and pray that you may have strength. Well, I think that should be our spiritual exercise during Advent. Pray. Then you will have the strength to maybe rearrange or reprioritize those things in your life. And in doing so, then as Jesus says at the very end, we will be able to stand before the Son of Man. See, then Jesus truly is the sun and the moon and the stars by which we guide our lives. Now, some suggestions as we begin Advent. Take advantage of all the spiritual opportunities that you have within your parish. Orientate your lives to Christ. Spend time in the chapel praying. 
you know, spend time maybe before Mass or after Mass praying, confession, stewardship. Another suggestion, use the Advent wreath as a form of examination of conscience. Every week when we come to Mass, every week as we light the candles in successive weeks, ask yourself the question, how am I doing? How am I doing allowing Jesus Christ to be that star by which you navigate your life? And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.